Hello everyone. Uh, welcome to the next episode of uh, Material Analysis. Uh, today's episode was going to be about some other topic, but uh, seeing as the most important topic right now in the subcontinent are the anti-CAA, anti-NRC protests going on all throughout the country. We decided to do an episode talking about these protests. Uh, also with me is Comrade Pramod. I am your host Chandu. Both of us have been in several of these protests, so we would have some views and insights from the ground, from different places. Also, there are events going on uh, which are to do with police brutality, which we would want to talk about. So, Comrade Pramod, uh, how would you like to start today's episode? Ah, uh, well, first of all, let me note that my voice is arced. Uh, and I apologize to the listeners for that because I've been I've been going to protest nonstop for the past three three days ever since I got back to Calcutta and the process of sloganeering as you excuse me as some of you might be able to tell um, really fucks your voice. So, uh, yeah, so, yeah, let's start off with what is happening in uh, in North India right now. I'm pretty sure all of our viewers are aware of these protests and the fact that there's been immense police brutality, especially in BJP rule states. And we've been seeing multiple uh, events of police atrocities on protests. There were already the uh, uh, there was already brutality in Assam, and that was followed with brutality. And by the way, I don't support the protest, the nature of the protests in Assam. They've taken a very xenophobic tone, but at the same time, we cannot condone any event of police brutality or state repression. Uh, but then, when we see, we see that in Delhi, uh, there's this horrific attack upon the students of Jamia Millia Islamia, followed by attacks in, in um, Daryaganj, um, Silapur, and in Daryaganj. And around the time of the Jamia attacks, you see, you see attacks in Aligarh Muslim University. And in Aligarh, you actually have the police committing arson, where they're basically setting um, um, hostile wings on fire to smoke students out. And they're all, and in fact, um, the kind of violence that they used in um, Aligarh and both in Aligarh and Jamia, they've used live rounds. Uh, luckily, I don't think anyone was killed in either of those, but there wasn't, uh, someone did lose their, uh, people apparently lost their limbs in Aligarh. Some people were blinded. Then you have things in Mangalore, where you have two protesters who were shot dead by the police. Again, coming back to Uttar Pradesh again, You've been seeing, as of recording, that there have been, I think, uh, eight people killed yesterday, and there were two other people, two or three other people killed in various towns in Uttar Pradesh, for instance, in Lucknow, in Meerut, in Muzaffarnagar, and so on. And what we are seeing is this, this is a pattern in BJP rule states, that BJP rule states are coming down hard upon protesters, and they're using excessive violence, especially where they see the, uh, in Muslim-majority areas. Now, uh, on the other hand, for instance, by and large, uh, protests in West Bengal, 
about protests in Maharashtra, uh, areas which are not BJP rules. We have, I mean, like I was in the protests in uh, uh, Calcutta, and uh, Chondu was in protests in uh, Bombay, and uh, we did not see any, uh, as far as we could tell, we were in, the, in these cities, we did not see any police violence towards the protesters. Um, and in fact, there were pro- protests in Calcutta that were led by Muslim groups. There were protests in Calcutta that were conducted entirely by Muslim groups. Like, there were like protests in Aligarh, uh, sorry, Alia University. And there were protests in um, around Paksakas after Juma, which were mainly conducted by um, Muslim groups. And there was no violence. In fact, the West Bengal state government has come out strongly against the NRC and the CAB. And thanks to protests that have preceded, uh, you know, the announcement of the CAA, one of the things that has happened with regards to West Bengal is that um, in West Bengal, Mamata Banerjee said that she's stopping the NPR, which is basically the NRC by another name. And that was soon followed by um, the, uh, the government of Kerala, led by the CPI, which also stopped the NPR. And so, uh, you know, uh, the thing is that... <laughs> These protests in Bengal actually uh, did um, raise a lot of awareness regarding the fact that the NPR and the NRC are literally the same thing, which has led two state governments to take action. And I think we should also give a shout out to Shweb Daniela's role for actually highlighting this issue in, um, you know, in, in the Anglophone media. Um, apart from this, the thing is, again, which we need to focus on is the fact that Muslims right now across India especially in BJP rule states, are being targeted by the state police, by our, or it's in the case of Delhi, which is not a BJP rule state, but essentially this police there is controlled by the central government, which is again a BJP government, um, that are essentially profiling and targeting Muslim protesters. And they are coming, cracking down upon uh, Muslim protesters with extreme brutality and violence. There have been allegations of torture, there have been allegations of a murder, there have been and some of these are proven. Uh, as of recording, last night in Darya Ganj, uh, we've heard that uh, in Darya Ganj in New Delhi, we've heard that um, minors were picked up and they were tortured. And they were uh, like some, as of you know, myself seeing the news at last count. Uh, the protesters and some of these kids were released and they said there were 50 or 60 other kids inside. And there's 10 or 20 were released and they said that there were 50 or 60 others inside the police station. Uh, medical aid was being denied. Uh, legal aid was being denied. And uh, it was only... And, and, the... just, uh, and here's the thing. Uh, while the... Oh, okay, so there were a series of lies. So the police numbers are of course different from these numbers, but you have to start from the fact that at first they claimed there were no children and yes. then they said there were children and they gave a very low number but they said that there has been no illegality and the yes. third thing wherein we can prove that there has been an illegality was the fact that nobody less than the chief metropolitan magistrate of mm. central delhi wrote a mm. handwritten note a very hurriedly written handwritten note to the uh, SHO of the Daryaganj police station to uh, ask uh, to ask that person to allow the uh, underage detainees to meet their parents. And the chief metropolitan ma- magistrate also wrote in that handwritten note 
that detention of minors is a flagrant violation of law. I am quoting this. So the police made a series of lies and then they were openly told by a government official that they are the police themselves are breaking the law. This kind of behavior we have seen again and again in the suppression of protests in Delhi. But what really uh, bothers me and what really is the point of this segment of today's podcast is that when you talk about violence in protests, what a lot of middle class people think is that the violence is when protesters say burn public property or burn a bus but none of them talk about the violence the state does as a routine the laws the state the its own laws the state breaks as a routine we we talked about the violence in uh, aligarh muslim university done by state forces on students what needs to be specified that a lot of students who were attacked were not even protesting as if protest is illegal it's not but a lot of students who were attacked were studying in a library and some of the things the audience needs to know some of the limbs of the students were blown off this is a matter of record this is not rumor anymore because at first when people were talking about it the police threatened that they would arrest people who are talking about it uh, on newspaper both up police and delhi police made similar statements delhi police made a statement that people who are talking about jamia they have identified 10 12 handles on social media which they would arrest for quote unquote rumor mongering but as we found later it's they who have been lying now in the aligarh muslim university case like i said some of the students literally lost their limbs thanks to stun grenades some of the students lost their eyesight one student reportedly had his eye permanently damaged and his other eye is also being damaged. The kids were ruthlessly beaten and some of the children were forced to hide in a sewer in this cold temperature where the next day they were found by their professors. Uh, the stories from uh, Silampur are even more brutal. In the, in the case of Delhi University, the violence by the police on the students was completely unprovoked and captured on camera, by the way. And as is so much violence across Uttar Pradesh, there are right now, as we talk, stories coming out of from Muzaffar Nagar, uh, wherein a person has been shot point blank through the head. There is a story of a female activist being beaten by male police officers using batons in her stomach. There are stories of illegal arrests and detentions of thousands of people across North India. So at this point, when middle class people talk of violence in protest, uh, what they are conveniently missing is the majority of the violence being done by the state illegally on protesters. And I think that th that is something that cannot be overstated. Uh, Ramon. Yeah, so another thing is that, you know, we should we'll be talking about is the way that the government has been justifying these acts of violence. And they've been justifying these acts of violence by saying that the protesters have themselves have been violent. Now, as far as we know, and we know very well, these protests have actually not killed anyone, right? Nobody was actually injured. What has happened is that there were sporadic acts of vandalism and arson, 
like for instance in west bengal in murshidabad and in luberia there were but then again what has transpired is that um, it is highly uh, there has there were arrests made in connection with the arson attacks in murshidabad the vandalism and it was found that some of these people were actually bjp workers and there were hindus who had bought skull caps and just to pose as muslims which is preposterous now the thing is that i'm not saying that all acts of vandalism or all acts of uh, arson were carried out by the police or this was a false flag operation etc it is quite reasonable to think that when people get angry when people uh, when you know something of the magnitude of um saying that a double whammy of the nrc and the caa are being announced and that there is a very real threat of disenfranchisement people are bound to get angry and they are bound to lose control, control in the absence of a proper leadership that that happens however we have to distinguish that a some of the at least some of these things have been like setups b nobody was actually injured or killed in any of these um what has happened is that uh, uh that you know people are suddenly conflate making a very very irritating and very very dangerous conflation between vandalism and in between violence and let's face it the destruction of public property while it's terrible optics and i'll grant that i'll say it is extraordinarily i mean like people should have been more responsible in the way they carry out their protests i definitely think so i mean i know that some of our audience disagree some of our audience thinks that if people are um effectively angry enough they can do it but i think that you know i mean like, <laughs> get into the morality of that but i do think that it makes for terrible optics and it's best avoid uh, however it is not the same as violence it is not the same as the response that the police has been coming up with and this is not a justifiable response at all if there are acts of vandalism then you basically you know you try getting a warrant from court saying that there are incidences of vandalism and you try prosecuting them arresting the suspects etc it does not warrant an invasion of a university space terrorizing of people inside the university it definitely does not warrant um murder and that has that has been the response like yesterday when the incident in daryaganj transpired um the police basically justified it by saying that one van was now is a van being set on fire the same as anyone being murdered there is literally there are literally images of blood being splattered on the streets of delhi it offers of shahjanabad because the police uh, lathi charged people there are videos of children from uttar pradesh crying with blood running down their heads because the police lathi charged kids of the age of something like 7 or 8 and we have to ask ourselves is this a kind of is this like the kind of country that you know you'd like to call home uh and the answer is not right we cannot say that this is the kind of country we'd like to live in okay so one thing which we also okay there are two things uh, that uh, i want to lead from segue from the point on violence is that first 
you have to understand that a lot of the erasure of state violence and amplification of random acts of vandalism as comrade pramod was talking about is to do with the fact that the state is essentially controlled by a fascist party and it has a large propaganda wing uh, underneath so it's not as if in the past there has not been riots or in the past the middle class has not supported the state by default and has been against protesters by default but you have to understand that right now there is a very sophisticated propaganda mechanism which is at work um I, and this propaganda mechanism has co- the complete confidence that the state will support it because their party controls all power at all levels so for example as you know there is section 144 widespread blanket blanket use of 144 across the country which by the way a lot of constitutional lawyers are saying is illegal you can't just use 144 like that there mm. are pro caa rallies happening something yep. like counter protests which the bjp is organizing and these yep. rallies are happening in areas where the 144 is almost always present so for example in delhi you can't mm. have a political rally at rajiv chowk and mm. makes sense because it's like a crowded sort of central kind of place commercial place but bjp had a pro caa rally right there and the way they got away with it is that a the police of course supported them and b they did not call it a counter protest they just said that we are celebrating the implementation of ca or some such nonsense there have been pro ca rallies everywhere so you have a propaganda mechanism which is also really amplifying things and makes a lot of middle class people think that the ca and the nrc are Uh, justified instruments and the people who are protesting against them are essentially either religious extremists or idiotic students who don't know anything and this is the sort of uh, thing which has been implied a lot by the government as well so they say that oh the students they are not aware what they are protesting about and here look at our explainer about ca so the government is issuing our utter garbage and there have been counters to them of course those counters never get amplified in that way a lot of very strong uh, lawyers have made counters to those things so i we would request our audience to please try to educate their family members on the ca on the nrc the ca is <coughs> fundamentally it's a communal instrument it's right there in the law it it makes citizenship it creates two different tracks of citizenships based on whether or not you are a muslim and once you make a law which sort of violates a core tenet of the constitution you sort of create a precedence because india follows common law so once you have a precedent created you have it reflected almost immediately in other things i don't know if you guys have heard but now there there is this going on that certain banks would demand information on religion for their kyc and that's like almost an immediate effect of these things it's in fact connected with the ca similarly the nrc by its very conception is an exclusionary disen it's a tool for disenfranchisement there cannot be any good way or proper way of doing an nrc and we have already seen that with almost 1.9 lakh people being excluded just from one state by the way and they want to do an npr throughout the country which would be an instrument to do an nrc with again to remind people censuses we have always done but in no census do they ask you for the birth place of your parents 
that would be an extra thing in this npr and hence the npr is going to be the basis of a new nrc another another thing i think is very very important and i think something that everyone should like hear very clearly like if you're non muslim listening to this podcast and you are living in a state where the bjp is in power um it is incumbent on you to basically go to these muslim majority areas especially on fridays because a lot of these uh, protests break up break out after juma um or in a, other areas where you know that these kind of profilings etc are happening and you have to go and organize a protest there because ultimately you have to understand that it is the muslims who are at risk like for instance one of the things that you know and i know that the bjp is in denial mode saying that the nrc is a non communal exercise the caa is a non communal bill but one thing is that amir shah has made it abundantly clear in every single speech that he has made in west bengal so far and he's made these speeches in hindi so you can actually like if you're uh, like if you speak, if you understand hindi maybe you can go maybe you can read english explainers on these um Uh, you can actually go and you can find out the fact that amit shah has said repeatedly that the nrc is an exercise that will weed out quote unquote illegal immigrants and hindus have nothing to fear or hindus and christians and buddhists and uh, whatever nothing to fear because they will be protected by the caa whereas it will not apply to muslims so they were basically trying to disenfranchise muslims now that they're in damage control mode they're on uh, they're denying it but these are the statements that they themselves have made and not once but multiple times that they've made these statements and that that is the reason why there are protests happening in muslim majority areas because muslims in india understand quite well what sort of predicament that they're in and therefore it is extremely incumbent that like if there are protests in for instance muslim majority areas it is a like for instance let's take the case of delhi if there is a protest happening in daria ganj or in a jama in the jama masjid area in shahjanabad or if it's happening in the jamia nagar oklavyar kalindikunj area and there's another protest happening in india at india gate it is on you as a non muslim to actually attend the protest in the the jama masjid area or the okla area because the thing is you will not be attacked in the same way as muslims are being attacked i'm not saying that the police isn't detaining people they're not party charging etc but if you look at the quantum of violence that is being inflicted in muslim majority areas it is it far outstrips the kind of violence that they're using in uh, protests that they understand are not being led by muslims and therefore it is very very important uh on your part to basically go to these areas and you know defend your muslim comrades from actually being attacked like this if the police try setting up barricades to deny people's uh, you know medication or medical treatment or lawyers it is actually on you to basically uh, you know break through that barricade and i mean this very seriously because the thing is that you know sometimes in protests that are happening in west bengal or in protests that are happening in maharashtra or um, in kerala the necessity to break through the police barricade does not exist but in these cases it does because uh, because the thing and the thing is that if you are uh, the the bjp does not want to look like it's a party that's actually out there murdering on muslims 
but it is very very comfortable with the idea that it is murdering muslims or it is inflicting brutal violence the kind of videos that are coming out from delhi from uttar pradesh whatever is coming through from uttar pradesh given a lot of the state is under blackout and they've been in black under in a state of blackout for a while um the kind of violence that is being used there it is far more disproportionate than any non muslim protester has to face so if you are in these places it is upon you to basically go and do it and by me yogi adityanath i mean uh, that piece of shit uh, chief minister he basically did say that uh, he is going to extract revenge i mean in these very specific terms that he is going to extract revenge for acts of vandalism and how has he extracted revenge by shooting uh, people through their heads and you have to understand that as a non muslim they are not profiling you they are not coming after you they are not doing the same thing that they're doing if they see a lot of non muslims there might act as a deterrent from excessive use of violence and if you care about this issue you also have to be prepared to put yourself on the line for this it is hard man i understand that this is a hard uh, you know question uh, thing to ask of anyone but at the same time you have to understand that today we are fighting for the soul of the republic and when we are fighting for the soul of the republic as uh, you know as has happened countless times in history when we are fighting and this is the most important fight that we, uh, the ordinary indian has had to wage since 1947 throughout the country and i mean on a national scale this is a bigger scale than the emergency it is on you to put yourself on the line to achieve this it should not just be muslims putting themselves on the line to protect themselves if you are a conscientious citizen it is on you as well that you should come out to the streets you should come out in a, and surround the muslim neighborhood so that the police cannot inflict the violence on them you have to protect them from any possible death squads that will be created in other states and this this is a responsibility that you as a non muslim as a non muslim indian citizen who has uh, sworn to uphold the values of secularism of pluralism of democracy it is your duty to ensure that this is this happens and to protect your muslim brethren from um, brothers and sisters from this kind of attacks And that's basically all I have to say because that this is the kind of advice that we want our viewers to do it because if ever we have asked people on this pod we've always said on this podcast that you should go out and you should protest you should go out and you should organize and we we may have said this before but has at no time has it been as urgent as it has been today because in in many cases like when I was talking about the NRC in Assam in a previous episode. Uh, we had Gautam Bhatia on. For many of you, this wasn't personal. For many of you, you couldn't see this happening, and I understand that. I understand that you cannot see something happening in a place that is far away from your imaginations. It is a very distant thing, but this is happening right next to you. If you do not come out for this, what will you come out for? If you do not put yourself on the line for this, what will you put yourself on the line for? It is at this juncture in history. that we have to take a stance 
and we have to take a stance and we have to be out on the streets, no matter what cost it entails to us. Because imagine what will you tell your children? What will you tell your grandchildren? Or even if you don't have children or grandchildren, what will you tell the present, the generation that come up, comes afterwards? Even if we fail, will you be telling them that you stood by and let this happen? Can you rest with the conscience that said that this kind of evil was being wrought upon the country at this larger scale and you just stood by? You did nothing. All your objection was an was a, uh, objection of the conscience. You did nothing. Will you be able to say that? Will you ask yourself this question? Or will you be comfortable knowing that you let the country become like this? Because this country ultimately Dear podcast listeners, it's not a country that belongs just to the Bharatiya Janata Party or whom the party people elect. It is not a, just the country that belongs to them. It's a country that belongs to you. It belongs to me. It belongs to every single person under attack right now. And this government wants to say that some of them are not. They are not the people who are you. They, are, they do not have any first taking. They, they do not have a claim upon this country. And if you do not come out today, when will you come out? When will you say? Because if you, if, if you are not willing, if you are able to, if you are of able mind and sound body, sorry, sound mind and able body, and if you're not coming out for this, we do not want you as our listeners. It'll be very frank. At least I don't. I don't speak for the other podcast hosts. I don't want you listening to. We want you to go out there and we want you to basically go and go out there, protest. Because if today we are at that juncture where, we, where if this thing goes the way the government wants it to, we will be definitively somewhere along the paths of streets like Nazi Germany, of apartheid South Africa. And if you do, do not object today, you will have blood on your hands as well. You will also implicate yourself in the great evil that has been brought upon this country. And that is all I have to say. So that was, I pretty much agreed with everything Comrade Pramod said. I'm, I have some, uh, I would say I would uh, not be as uh, evocative, but I would rather say something for people who might be hesitant, etc. So this is for those audience members who have protested once or twice or never before and some practical advice. Which <coughs> might be of help. Uh, one is that there's a difference between detainment and arrest, you know. Mm -hmm. So you can get detained and it's not a problem. If the police wants to detain you, just ask them, are they detaining you or arresting you? If they arrest you, you have a right to call a lawyer. But if they're detaining you, they would let you go after after half an hour or so. It's Detainment is not, they're not allowed to detain you indefinitely. It's not an arrest. It doesn't come in your record. It's not something you need to worry about. Uh, it's uh, happened to friends of mine. Uh, in I, fact, it I've has happened detained. to Comrade Pramod right here, thrice, I believe. Uh, detainment is something, you know, you will get chai biscuit at the station. That's not a problem. Like Comrade Pramod said, your your social location, your privilege, etc. really 
dictates how this goes right and for a lot of people who are listening your privilege insulates you from a lot of brutality so you should weaponize that um another thing always have on your phone some numbers of some local lawyers thanks to the protest there are a lot of resources flying out there you should google them people are circulating lists of lawyers in various cities who have volunteered help lists of doctors if you see some violence happening somewhere some brutality happening there which has led to people being bloodied on the streets you need to know where to call doctors from and there are resources out there which have lists of doctors and lawyers who have volunteered their time and effort for these protests um you should also know this that when a protest happens often what the establishment tries is to infiltrate it by its people who would try to do some violence which lets leads to heavy police repression you should hence when going to a protest surround yourself with friends and you should be in lookout for people who are trying to create mischief who are trying to you know break shit uh, who are not like you know there for the protest but who are there to uh, do other things this sort of uh, carefulness is very important uh, i would also like to say that um, uh, again uh, the states where there uh, there are protests happening safely you should be using that to help people in the states where they are not um, if you have the resources uh, do try to you know if you have media contacts etc do try to put a spotlight on places from there where the news is not coming out um also uh, certain political parties are doing a lot of work you should be on lookout of which political parties in your areas are doing organization work in these things uh, where the protests are often these these news are uh, distributed well before you should be aware of who is organizing what protest and hence what you might expect there if a noc which is a no objection certificate has been obtained from the police or not um, that also dictates how safe or not a protest could be like which area the protest is going through and what are the chances that the police would try something mischievous in that area because that often happens in minority areas as comrade pramod has said um, i would also like to request the users uh, that uh, not minority by the way i'll just like um, minority can mean a lot of things muslim muslims yes yes of course Muslim. we have to be very specific here muslims uh, i've been mm-hmm. seeing uh, posts on twitter etc i've been saying things like you know we'll go with our hands tied to a protest to show that we're not going to engage in any act of vandalism if you're in a state where police brutality in protest is a thing this is extremely bad this is extremely stupid i know some people are thinking of this thing that you know i can sing the national anthem in front of the policeman's face and they'll do nothing i can buy tie my hands and they'll do nothing firstly the thing is the police is out to brutalize you no way yes. if they, the police do. doesn't brutalize you that's only because you are in a state where they have not been ordered to brutalize you. and and i mean so like it will be very 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 like it will obviously very indignant like they probably det- i mean like if you're a non muslim and they see you're visibly in a visibly non muslim area they probably detain you and if you're in a visibly muslim area they probably flat out beat you to uh, i'm until you're unconscious uh, the thing is that uh, if you're thinking that you know if you're going to do that that you know you're going to go with your hands tied to a protest you're just making the police's job easy and also don't give them roses don't i mean that's cringe but that, that's, no, that, 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 that's 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 cringe but like very practical advice here 
that if you're planning on going like that, understand something that the police is not your friend. The police, police is, is not, not your friend. The police, yeah, the police make me completely cooperative and not brutalize you, yeah, but yeah, they yeah. are doing a job. Job. So they're doing if, a job. They're doing a they're job. Doing a job. Assigned, if they are ordered to brutalize you, they would brutalize you. If they are ordered to cooperate with you, they would cooperate with yeah, you. Yeah. So, for instance, like for instance, I I mean, like in Calcutta, the police has been extremely cooperative so far with the protests. Also, be very very frank here. You will need your. If for instance, the police starts using tear gas, you are going to have to pick them. You're going to have to throw them back. You can. You can't just like you know. Keep your hands tied and say I'm not doing anything. You're not going. I mean, like you're going to like maybe I, maybe, maybe you don't know what TDS is like, but then you'll actually be incapacitated. So don't do stupid things like this. Uh, you know, all that said about Gandhianism and Gandhi. Gandhi was not this stupid. This is this yeah, is Gandhi this is was not stupid. Gandhian pacifism recognizes brutality. Gandhi yeah. pacifism doesn't think that you know you can guilt somebody into. Essentially, incapacity. That's not what I mean, Gandhi like, said. I, mean, I mean, like, the, I mean, like that's what his posturing was. But if you actually read about the real politics that went on during the 1920s, 1930s, 1940s, you see that is the story is completely different from what you imagine it to. <laughs> okay. And also, also, hey, there is no shame if you really feel you need to. There is no shame at running away. Like yeah, sometimes yeah. in protests, I have ran. and sometimes mm. if the police is chasing you with sticks as has happened to me uh you need to run you need to run bro you need to drag your friend who is running slowly and run as fast as possible yeah yeah, yeah keep yeah. running till you have like you know like till they are dead they don't like bother Gordon, following like goddamn chandrashekar azad was like the biggest badass right now in india i guess he went running across the rooftops of uh, delhi six to escape the police <laughs> so i mean See, like you but one thing i would tell you uh, you never leave a comrade behind yeah you can yeah. run or whatever but you know you have to look out for the weakest person in your yeah 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 if someone is like struggling to get away like don't like run away without like yeah don't like <laughs> run by your don't, don't do like, that don't, either don't, don't be an asshole you know? don't be an like, asshole don't like, like, run away yeah. run away but don't be an asshole about it like come on <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't like, be like the first person to, see you guys bye <laughs> yeah don't do that <laughs> the moment you see that, that no one is like, when we mean by running away we mean when the situation has gotten really really bad. if and your friends have been detained the least you can do is chant slogans outside the station it's very safe to do that police don't yeah, care yeah, yeah. about you yeah, and they will yeah, leave yeah. your friends but that's the least you can do is just stand outside the police station and wait for them if you're muslim you're being brutalized inside <laughs> let's be clear this is for non muslims if you're someone picked up from a muslim majority area and you're not yeah, you're probably guy you're being you're, you're being brutalized inside this uh, this advice does not apply for muslims yeah. right whatever whatever advice that we made so far this is for non muslims muslims for muslims there's a complete different set of advice by and you have to be yeah a different set of advice right now for muslims it doesn't really like the, the things aren't comparable this is for non muslims being detained in Protests like at uh, Jantar Mantar or India Gate or whatever, because there the police isn't going to do much. To But like, if you're, I don't know. I mean, like maybe things will go south tomorrow or day after or yeah, even before. Yeah, it would anyway. Like, don't hold us up to it because things are really descending bad. 
and as yeah, we yeah, like when we release the podcast the situation has changed and this advice is completely done that can yeah. also be true you, but you uh, is what we are yeah, saying yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. like use your discretion but don't do stupid things yeah yeah on that note uh, um, and thanks to promote's uh, speech then his independence day speech right there i didn't have to make a speech of myself but i would sincerely request you all to follow thoroughly what's been going on to stand with justice see justice is easy when times are easy but it's like in times like this that your politics really defines itself i would say the least you can do is show up to protests so yeah. go go, pro, go protest go stand for what is right so that if tomorrow something bad happens and the future generations ask you where were you when fascism was winning you don't have to be shameful at that point so mm-hmm. on that note uh, comrade pramod and me chandu and we wish you uh, we wish you the best of fortunes for the dark days that lies ahead goodbye mm-hmm.